This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Blank Podcast, the podcast where we delve into those difficult moments with some well-known guests. I'm Giles Pay Phillips, and with me is Jim Daly, JD Daly, James Daly, JD Daly um, Jim. That's the full. That's the full name officially. Um, JD Daly makes me sound like a writer, like quite a sort of yeah, like an American, yeah, like JD Salinger. Like, exactly. What are you going to? What's going to be your opus? Oh, I don't know. Some something about podcasts. No. It's not quite got the weight behind it, has it? Oh man, you need to come up with something better than that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> wow, he's a tough agent. <laughs> yeah. As you're speaking, as your literary agent, I yeah. think something about podcasts is not a good title for a book. As pitches go, it's not very strong, is it? No. I'll think about it. I think okay. about it. Work on that, JD, JD Daily. JD Daily. Did you not think to do your initials, seeing as you are a published writer? Oh, what G? Oh, I've got so many names, mate. <laughs> Honestly, they wouldn't have room on the front of the book. <laughs> I've got two. My my parents thought they would bestow me with two middle names. Yeah. Because um, you know, like having a double-barreled surname not enough. wasn't wasn't enough. <laughs> um, so I have, um, yeah, I'm Giles William Jonathan Paley Phillips. So it would be the G, de- th- sorry, G W J P P G W J P P. Yeah. So G W J Paley Phillips. I did at some point in my earlier, um, life around my mid twenties, think about dropping the Paley, just being oh, really? called Giles Phillips. Yeah. I was a bit sick of being double barreled. Double barreled. Yeah. I There's a lot of weight. That comes with the double-barrelled name. I think. I think less. I remember being a kid, and if someone had a double-barrelled surname, that was that was quite exotic. Like it was quite different. But I think now, 
these days, I don't think it is at all. Our, our daughter's I think it's more, yeah, it's more common now. We see yeah. it more often, don't we? But we're giving, I think we're giving Maria a double barrel. We're basically com- combining mm. our names, so she's got both our. Thankfully, mm. both our names are quite short and four letters, so it's quite. Well, easy. I think that's that's part of it. Actually, I think there's there's been I know friends who've obviously the the lineage of their name is about to be discontinued because they've got married yeah. Yeah. and they're going to take their husband's name, and um, they decided to double barrel it, so they you know retain both both names, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, so that's exactly why we did it. I so. think I just used to get quite a lot of stick, like I, because I sound quite, you know, because my name sounds quite posh. So See, I used to I, get a lot of that... posh kind of, like sort of, yeah, like I was really posh and stuff. Well, I, you know, I'm not. No, but <laughs> anywhere near I that, remember but growing yeah. up, if someone had a double name, you think they were posh, but mm. it's literally got nothing to do with that at no, all. No, not at all. Uh, it did in our respect because my. My dad wanted to have a posh name. Oh, so, right. <laughs> yeah. So he was just Charles Phillips, I believe. And then he took my man's, his mother's maiden name, which was Paley, and then double barrel. Oh, it. wow. So actually, there was. Um, so so that was actually posh. his. Co- yeah. So, and then, the, yeah. And then, yeah, I ended up being Charles, which is quite a posh name as well. So. Um, so in many ways, it did work if the kids were calling you posh, then it did sort of work. Yeah. Either, either but like you a got posh. The... Basically, either a posh cunt or, um, or a farmer. <laughs> well, I've gone so early doors in the sea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt uh, I'm, I'm I'm getting quite up, I'm getting a bit bit hard. It's, it it's tapping into something, isn't it? Mm, it is. Mm. It is. No, kids are cool, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, kids are cool. But also, your name is your name. It's you, man. So it's nothing to be ashamed of. Your name. No, is, I'm not. Ashamed. I've got my yeah. two middle names. I got. I do a bit of stand up about one of my middle names actually because. I've got two. One of them is Malachy, which is from my Irish side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a nice... I like which, that name. Yeah, a lot of people think it's a posh name. Malachy or Malachi? Malachy. Okay. Malachy. I think Malachi would be more... Or Middle Eastern or something, possibly. I don't know. I mean, with an yeah, I. It might have the Y yeah. on the end. So it's, okay. it's, it's Gaelic, I think. But the other one is... Ma- or Malarkey. Malarkey. Yeah, Malarkey. Which actually does some, <laughs> which sum is me good up comedy quite name. well. Um, but the other, one's, the other one's Rupert. My other middle name is Rupert. Oh, okay. And so Which, again, is, yeah. It's pretty posh. Yeah, it's got those connotations. for stick at school. Right. Mm. for stick. Rupert the Bear got mentioned a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's mine. And actually, I needed, I dropped it for a bit, and I was just James Malachy Daly for a bit. But um, I brought it back because it's, it's, it's after my granddad. Although the mm. irony being, it's after my granddad, my mum's dad, granddad Rupert, when he joined the army at 16 or 17, um, he hated the name Rupert and changed it to Jack and was known as Jack until the day he died. Yeah. So why did I but get Rupert? They Jack. Why Should have been James Jack? James Jack, which is James Jack. way more working class. That's, that's, that's a much yeah. cooler name. James Jack sounds like a singer-songwriter. Oh, um, that could have been a singer. Shoegazer. Yeah. You could have been a shoegazing songwriter. Oh, my God. I was definitely a shoegazer, by the way, as a kid. <laughs> Massively into shoegazing. Oh, God. It's funny for middle names, though, because, uh, yeah, uh, we really, like, we chose names that were, I think my middle names, what William Jonathan, were just kind of, my, my grandfather was called William, so that, mm. but Jonathan was just like, like, it didn't mean anything. It was just, they, I think my parents were going to call me Jonathan, so they just liked the name, and so yeah. they just thought, oh, well, well, he can have that name as well, you know, and it's like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, it's a terrible name. And uh, and then you think, well, that's despite kind of pointless. They've just sort of burdened me with all these names <laughs> that I didn't, you know, they don't mean anything. And I think when we had our, with our kids, we, we definitely gave them middle, you know, yeah, they've both got one middle name and it's very specifically a family name or, yeah. or from a tradition. Well, exactly the same. Maria has mm. one middle name and it is, it, is a, it is a family name. And in fact, mm. her name, Maria... 
has a family connection because there's lots of Marys mm. on my side of the family, but but my family lived in Spain for a bit, and mm. Maria is a name that Miranda likes, so we thought the Mary, Maria, Spain yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, nice, yeah. Do that. But I'm the same. My Both modal names were what my parents wanted to call me. So my dad wanted to call me Maliki because my dad's mm-hmm. Irish, and mum wanted to call me Rupert after her dad, and so they compromised and chose James and then yeah. made the other two my middle names. So... Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Names are interesting, aren't they? Well, I was going to say, if any li- listeners to the podcast have got an unusual uh, yeah. middle name, Let we'd love. I'd love to read out yeah. some of these unusual middle names on I think future names parts. Are fascinating, so. especially names yeah. where they've, there's a reason they've been chosen. I think, um, and the more random could be that. Oh, who, there's a footballer, right? I mean, this is no one's going to mention this. I don't think tweet in, or if you do, or if this guy listens to the podcast. Anyway, a footballer called Char- Charlie Oatway used to play for mm-hmm. QPR, I think, and. Uh, was working at Bright, played at Brighton. He's got eleven middle names. And eleven. eleven middle, his eleven is eleven middle names, and his eleven middle names are the QPR first eleven from the FA Cup semi final or something in nineteen seventy something. Semi final, so it's not even the final. I don't know. But they got, they must have got further than the semi final. His dad was basically like a huge QPR fan, and so he named them. Yeah. So his full name is. Anthony, Philip, David, Terry, Frank, Donald, Stanley, Jerry, Gordon, Stephen, James, Oatway. And those are the names of uh, the entire QPR 1973 first team squad. What? So it didn't even get just, so just did, a massive first, just, just a massive QPR <laughs> fan. From the 1978, did you say? 1973. 1973. Yeah. Okay. And then Why particularly that year then? I don't know. Did they get promoted? Well, that's the he was born, I'm guessing. He was born in. I know, but did they get promoted or. Doesn't say. Doesn't they did, say. It was just a regular season. But he, and then his parents <laughs> told his auntie the proposed name, and she said, it'll look all right, Charlie. And then the name stuck. And that's how I called Charlie. <laughs> Amazing. Brilliant. There I mean, uh, fair play. Fair play. I mean, that guy on his. Uh, wedding certificate, birth yeah. certificate, uh, like just you know, like his bank card. Do you think his when you have to put, license has got all, <laughs> got all the names in the middle names? Uh, I feel for him. He must have a giant. Was he got like a iPad sized driving license? <laughs> he must do. The thing is, like like 1973 football, you can get you can probably get away with that if we're both big Crystal Palace fans. If yeah, I called yeah. Maria the eleven middle names of the current team, it'd be Maria Vicente, Nathaniel. Mamadou, <laughs> Wilfred. <laughs> it'd be, oh, it'd be amazing, actually. Actually, yeah. that'd be great. It'd be very exotic. Yeah. I, I almost want to have another child to do that. All my favourite ever players. <laughs> Johan, Attilio. Oh, yeah. some great names in there. <laughs> Matt Janssen. Matt. <laughs> Obviously, Matt Janssen to be in there. Oh, man. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. That's that brings good, us swiftly on to our guest this week. <laughs> She's got a name. <laughs> She's got a name. Yeah. And, and she's a very, very talented actress. Yes. And uh, stage star as well. She's been done a lot of stage acting and uh, sort of like musical theatre. And I as guess we found her... out towards the end of the pod, writer as well. And now writer as well. Yeah. And she sort of said at the end, like, she doesn't feel like, um, although she's started to call herself a writer, she yeah. is starting to feel like maybe she's jumped the gun a little bit. But I think she can say that she is a writer. If she's... If she's writing full pieces of work, then I think she's. I think you absolutely are. say that she's a writer. I think, any, and that's the same for anyone. You mm. you know deep down, and if you if you're doing it, it doesn't matter if you're not getting published or commissioned or whatever. Oh. If you're doing it, you know I'm a, I'm a, in theory a professional comedian. I've got no gigs in the diary. 
<laughs> but you know, it doesn't doesn't matter. You are what you are, and especially in yeah. the creative world, those things come in waves sometimes. Exactly. So exactly. it's just the way it goes. But um, no, she's incredibly talented person, and just really lovely. Got a lovely perspective mm. on life. Great company, and um, this is a really entertaining and fun, fun episode. Yeah, really great, and yeah, like you say, very great, great company, and. Hayley's been, I mean, people may have seen Hayley from obviously, like I say, she's had a, had a career on, on the stage and then she sort of moved into TV work, which was something she always wanted to do. And she's been in um, some, you know, big soaps like Emmerdale and Coronation Street. And she talks to us a little bit about how those things sort of uh, affected her life, you know, like yeah. being in a big soap opera and starting to be spotted outside, you know, by the public and stuff and, and how that, you know, can change your life to a certain extent. And then obviously talking now about, other projects he's working on so yeah that was it was a great podcast it was really lovely to talk to Hayley and uh she's yeah she's just a lovely person and it absolutely flew by as well I didn't when, when you started wrapping up I was like that's a bit early oh god yeah no, we're over an hour it really like yeah, really flew yeah. by which is always a sort of testament to a good guest um before we crack on then should we read some tweets out I'd love to read some tweets okay I've got two this way i'm being a bit selfish but uh well you do one then i'll do one and then okay. you do another one so i've got one here from nick shepherd who uh is also uh, a patron and supporter of my other podcast five year five year plan also a palace fan like us so it that instantly makes him a legend i've also met him he's a very very nice guy and he's tweeted after three days i finally got through the whole pod <laughs> with kevin day another palace fan and that i mean that is an epic epic podcast. it was a big one wasn't it it was two and a half hours yeah and he's put, uh, wonderful to listen to. Thanks for the insight and honesty in this episode. Yeah, we've had quite a few messages about Kevin's episode because it was um, very open and honest, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a brilliant episode. And, you know, hats off to Kevin and thank him for being so candid on that episode because we went to all sorts of places. I actually listened to it the other day as well because I just... I think when you do a long episode as well you kind of sometimes almost forget some of the moments that you've had in it yeah yeah and i was listening back and there was some really really amazing stuff and uh yeah thank you to kevin for for being so open with us because it was a really really great episode yeah um i got a message about kevin's episode as well from lee and and he says um this is the best blank podcast yet Wow, uh, Kevin Kevin Day is an amazing speaker, and a variety of the conversation is excellent. Uh, top work from Charles and Jim. So yeah, wow. thanks Liam. That's a really thanks, lovely Liam. message and and high praise indeed. Yes, Kevin's one of the best people I know, um, and I knew he'd be a good guest, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't realise just how open he was going to be in it. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like it's really it's really connected to a lot of people, which is yeah. um, which is great. So do go and buy Kevin's book. Yes, Who Kevin's got a book out called Who Are You? 92 Clubs and Why You Shouldn't Support Any of Them, yeah. I think is the title. Um, do go and it's very good. I actually bought a copy and... Um, so did I. Yeah, it's very good. It is, it's excellent. Kevin's just so good. Um, oh, and I've got... I said I had one more, didn't I? Um, mm. This one's from um, at Cornwall Writing, Writing Fiction in Cornwall. And it starts with a quote, People think you must know the ending before you start, but I never, ever do when I start a book... I know as little as my main character. And that's, of course, when we had Ian Rankin on the blank pod. Uh, and that's a really strong quote, isn't it? I just, mm. Yeah. Again, I've kind of forgotten that because you do so many of these, you forgot that. But, um, yeah, uh, Ian actually really sort of got to the bones, didn't he, of his writing process on our, on that podcast. It was, it yeah, was fascinating. Was fascinating. And, you know, you and I have obviously just written a book. Just oh, coming out. Seamless. Well done. I know, I know it's coming out. But book, you can pre order it now from Amazon and other bookshops. Yeah. Like The Hive. Uh, yeah. It was so. It was really fascinating listening to 
to Ian about his process and stuff. I'm always fascinated by by how yeah. writers work and how they do how they do what they do. And uh, yeah, so it was uh, so fascinating. And someone who's you know prolific, um, no, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Okay. Well, look. Uh, thank you very much for those tweets. We love getting them. Please do keep sending them in. Uh, especially if you've got a weird middle name. Let us know your middle names. We want to hear your weird I'm middle names. I'm actually genuinely really intrigued now. Um, anyway, let's crack on with this week's episode. It's the wonderful and just fantastic creative talent and person. It's Haley Tamadon on the Blank Podcast. <laughs> I'm staying right here near the... Um, I'm actually going to plug it in. Near where I'm recording. And Thank then, you. I'm sorry it's been such I an I don't ruin anything. Sort of. It's not been. Don't be daft. Right. Right, it's recording. Wicked, it's definitely brilliant. moving. Thank brilliant. You. Thank you for yeah. doing all that. It'll be <laughs> it's just, all right. We appreciate it. Um, so actually, Hayley, you and I have... I'm Jim, yeah. by the way. Sorry, I'm the Hi, co-host. I've realised I never introduced myself. We do some pods. And I don't well, your name comes minutes, up though, doesn't it? Guess it's like... Who is this? Who's this? Jim Daly. That's me. I've just changed it because it was my wife's name. And I realised that, uh, yeah, that would have been confusing. Um, <laughs> so we, we have a mutual friend. Who? Or someone that you worked oh, with. Be careful. On, on the Full Monty recently. Yeah. The, um, the dance teacher, Sam Vale. You're the second person this week to say you and me have someone in common and it's her. Oh. Really? Yeah, yesterday it was her first husband. Oh, okay. So who are you? <laughs> Lee. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, we um she lives in the same town as us in Cheshire in Buckinghamshire, which is which is a very small town. But um Sam's known my wife for a long time, and then I moved yeah. here, I got to know her. And she choreographed the first dance at our wedding that Miranda oh and I did. God. Which you can see on YouTube. Yeah. That's beautiful. Which, my wife is on YouTube. Which you can see on YouTube. I'll send you guys the link. It was incredibly self-indulgent. Um I love that stuff. So yeah, no, that's great. I love that. She was a wonderful lady. Wonderful. She is. Um, she's one of the best people that I know in the entire. Yeah. World. Did you watch it? I haven't seen it yet. We want to. We haven't had time. We're going to sit down together and watch it. Um, uh, it was. Um, there was so much that happened that day, and it's a shame they cut it the way they had to. But happened, um, yeah. yeah, it was. It was the best day. We had the best day. She was wonderful. I really liked her. She's uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I haven't I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's brilliant. I recommend people to watch it because um, Sam is one of the most inspirational people it, that Jim? I know. She's absolutely brilliant. Was it it Was it on ITV? Hey. ITV. Yeah, you can catch yeah. up with it on the hub. I think. Yeah. Give it. Um, a, yeah, when my brilliant. when my screen goes dark on my iPad, don't worry. You know when it just runs out, it'll keep, it'll keep recording, will it? Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. it's probably just going to sleep. It should be fine. Which we probably- yeah, I'm going to panic about that the whole time and just keep <laughs> tapping it so it lights up. <laughs> so was that re- you cool. did that recently? The full Monty. Yeah, it was on. It was on on Monday and Tuesday, um, and we've been filming it since September. Oh, okay. Yeah. How's that been? How's yeah. filming been in this weird and wonderful time? Horrendous. <laughs> yeah, um, three people got COVID. Oh. Uh, and you then you have to stop for 10 days and then stop again for another and you know it's just it was just crazy i mean we were like three days before the show and we didn't have any a routine to do because people just kept getting poorly and yeah we pulled it off and it worked so it was good yeah it's been a a horrible time isn't it for the performance industry and theater and 
I yeah. know like in that in that world a lot of times it is about sort of things do come together and you pull through but at the moment people can't even perform like it's just I know it's been decimated I, I honestly I think ITV and and Spun Gold who was the company TV company were so at one point worried that this just wouldn't happen mm-hmm. you know and then um, I can't, be- I can't believe we did it. I- honestly, it-, it was a triumph. It really was. And it seems to have been made such an impact. There's been so many people um, message all of us about their cancer stories. And, yeah. you know, and some people saying, you've made me go to the doctors, you've made me check, you've ma-, you know, so that's amazing. That's if we help one person, then we've, yeah. we've done our job, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really great. Um, let's start at the beginning, which is what is always a good place to start. Um, <laughs> as Julie yeah. Andrews once said <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about uh, live performance um, you you're from Blackpool originally yeah how was what was yeah. what was um, what was growing up like in Blackpool because obviously it's a it's it's got a reputation as being you know quite a I was going to say pizzazzy town but that's probably not the right Careful that's child. not the right word to use perhaps <laughs> It was when yeah. I was a kid. I mean, that was the word to use. It was it was the most showbiz mm. town um, that you could have possibly wanted to grow up in, especially doing what I, I do for yeah. a living. I'm not surprised I do what I do because growing up in Blackpool, it, you mm. know, it was everywhere. Um, I had the best childhood. I really, really did. I'm so, I'm a lucky girl. Um, my dad ran four hotels on the seafront. Oh, wow. He was the manager of four hotels and... The two of those hotels were really quite big ones and they used to um, have all the comedians and the singers on, you know, that are famous now or that have passed away. Les Dawson, um, uh, Roy Walker, he was, you know, you know, so I kind of grew up with with that. Cannon and Ball, they were always there. I they were kind of my childhood idols, really. Um, And yeah, I've I've grown up with with them, really. And then. I'm very lucky that I had that as so a kid. So did you get to watch those shows then? Did you get to, did you? Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have watched them <laughs> at probably six years old. But, you know, when, when your dad runs the hotel and that's all you want to do is you want to mm. perform every show going, you know, as long as it wasn't too rude, I'd, I'd be allowed to go and watch it with my mum and dad. <laughs> you allowed, did you hang out with the, these performers as well? Yeah, yeah. Like, Les Dawson was, um, you know, after the show, I'd go in and sit in the bar with him, with my dad and have a drink and Roy Walker and yeah, all, all of them really. Um, and it's bonkers that, that that's what I ended mm. up doing. And, and to this day, you know, I, it's so sad about, um, uh, Cannon and Ball, yeah, Bobby yeah. Ball, you know, but yeah, he, he was at the hotel and I'd see him all the time and yeah, it's crazy. It's funny how, isn't it? Um, a lot of times in the performance industry, people, if it's around you when you're younger, people end up end up doing it like um roy walker's son is a stand-up comedian patrick well, walker and i've yeah. with him in bristol <laughs> yeah it was a tough gig <laughs> he did very well i was emceeing it was it was in a rugby club in it was it was tough um but it's funny isn't it it's just like if that's what you're brought up sometimes that's the only world you know and so it's inevitable you're going to end up in that industry well, when I was um, when I was a baby, when I was two years old, my mum took me to the doctors because um, all I would eat was jam and bread, and like I Julie didn't Andrews. sleep. <laughs> right? 
And uh, she she said that she sat me on the doctor's table and said, "You either give me something to make her sleep, or I'm leaving her here." Oh. And the doc the doctor said, um, "Send her to baby ballet, take her to baby baby dance class." And so my mum put me in baby dance class, and that is where it all started. And then at the age of four. Uh, all the older ladies in my dance school at that time when I was a baby, um, they were all performing with, let me get this right, I, I want to say Les Dawson now because we've been talking about him, um, Kenny Everett. Okay, wow, wow. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the other guy, uh, the one that... That's it, right? So they were all... See everything showbiz. <laughs> um, they were they all they were performing with those two people, and I remember watching these these dancers practice. And I said to my mom, "That's what I'm going to do when I'm old." <laughs> oh, wow. And my mom said, "You're not going to be a dancer for Benny Hill when you're old." <laughs> I said, "Yes, mommy. I, yes, that's what I'm going to do." So that was it. You know, I, I kind of started young. I knew exactly what I was going to do from being a baby, a child. And um, and then it never changed for me. It was always dancing, singing, acting, performing. As long as I was mm. doing it, I was happy and in my element. And um, when I got to 16, she said, if you're serious about this, then, you know, we need to think about the next step because you can't stay in Blackpool. It, you, you won't make it. You won't get anywhere, really, if you stay in Blackpool. You need to train properly. And um, and that's when I went away to London and did three years at a drama college. And yeah, then life changed from there. So if, if that doctor had said, take her to baby football or something. Oh my God, been a can you imagine? Life. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'd probably have more money now. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've, I've never faltered. I've loved my career from start to finish. And I think one of the... The hardest things, but the best things about it is that I've had to climb the ladder. I've never been given anything mm. on a plate ever. And some people have, and that's great. And, you know, if you can click your fingers in this industry and, and get what you want, then, then I salute you. But for me, I've really had to climb and, and fight and work. And to this day now, I am still doing that. And I think that makes me appreciate this mm. industry so much more. You know, I don't take it for granted that I get a job or, you know, everything to me is, um, I, I just feel lucky yeah. when I get, when I get a job every, every time I never take it for granted. That's interesting that, 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 that graft that you have to put in. And it's something that I think we've talked to other performers on and it's not something necessary that you're, that's talked about or, or that you kind of cover when you go through, like drama school and stuff. It's not, you know, it's it's all the nice stuff. Yeah. But you don't really know yeah. about the sort of more difficult areas and wonder if that's actually something that they need to address a little bit more for people, make it a bit more, you know. Well, it's, I, I actually teach now and I do acting workshops and it's the one thing I do teach mm. and I do tell people because I never had it. Um, you know, no one kind of, I was one of the girls that was in the reject number at college. And by that, I mean every uh, year you have the big college yeah. number and you're either in all of the numbers in the show or you're in the one number and that was called the reject oh, number. No. <laughs> and that was me. I was always in the reject number. Oh. And, you know, it kind of makes you think, am I actually good enough mm. to be in this, in this world? And then when I left college at 19, a lot of uh, the people in my year went off and they got, 
um, agents straight away because the college helped them get agents and they went into shows and everything. And little old me, I was in the reject number, so I didn't get that. I, I left college at and had, you know, 1996, I had a bunch of CVs in my hand and my headshot picture. And I walked around Soho, not knowing what to do, (laughs) but I knocked on every single agent's door that I could find. Um, and, and posted whether they said yes or no, I'd still post it under the door. And I was just ballsy, Mm. I think, you know, and, um, a couple of agents actually opened the door to me and were blown away and shocked by the fact that I'd actually knocked on the door because I don't think people did that. I was, yeah, I was yeah. adamant. I was like, I'm, I need an agent, mm. you know, I need to. And they'd say, well, what have you done? And, I was, and I'm like, well, I've just left college. I've not really done anything. And they'd all say, well, come back to me when, when you're doing something. Mm. Yeah. And so I went for an open audition for Fame the Musical in 1996 seven and in those days it's a bit different to now it was like you know when you see it in the movies when they queue around the block to get into it was like that and you'd queue to get in yeah Yeah. and then you'd be in the room with like a thousand other girls and you know and I'm five foot and a fart and so you know I'm like well I'm never going to get seen I need to stand at the front so I push my way to the front little tiny feisty brown thing stood there going come on look at me pay me some attention and um and it seemed to work and I and I this this one first musical I went for I had five auditions for it and I got it uh and and I got given the understudy first cover to the lead so an understudy to to the lead role um and the same for the second lead role and the third lead role. So I was covering all of the lead characters. And I went back to the agent that had told me to, to come back when I've got a job. And I said, hey, I'm, I just, I've got fame. And they were like, you went for an open audition and you got the first cover to the lead role. And I said, yeah. And they were like, right, we'll take you on. <laughs> and um, yeah, and it was thanks to them that that's how it all started for me with, with an agent. And then from there I did another show and I said to myself I'm not very good at not being centre of attention (laughs) (laughs) so I don't want to be an understudy anymore I want to play the lead role and I want to be a part and um and yeah that's what I did I and I made that transition and started playing roles and yeah did you get any opportunities in that production to, to 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 do any of the lead parts I, yeah, I was on every other night as a different character because it was such a hardcore show. You know, you'd lose your voice pretty quick in that. And, um, yeah, I was on every single night, uh, and, and I loved it. It was a great chance for me to bring people in and show off a little bit. And then after that, I thought, well, I know I want to play a lead. I might have to now start again and and just play a small Mm -hmm. role in something, um, and after that, I was in a musical called Boy Band the Musical. Wow. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, in the West admit, End. I don't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, but yeah, that was that was a good one in the West End. And then uh, and then I played uh, a part in Mamma Mia. I had a, a, a small role in Mamma Mia for a year. And then I decided that I didn't want to be in the West End anymore. I didn't really feel like I fit in the oh, West really? End. I was a bit... I was a bit too... Blackpool. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was a bit um, northern. I just, I don't know. I just didn't seem to, I didn't, I was homesick mm. and I didn't fit in very well, I felt. Um, and so I left and went on tour and I went on tour with a musical called Boogie Nights where I played a really big role. 
And it was a comedy role. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to do more comedy mm. and I want to play bigger parts. And um, and that's what I did. I realise I've not stopped talking no, for no, about five good. minutes now. So if you want to say anything, then feel free. <laughs> Hayley, that makes you the ideal yeah, yeah, podcast yeah. guest, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it makes our job no, very easy. Do, it's it's better, I think. Oh, I can yeah. keep going if you want. <laughs> say that i mean that that's an incredibly big production straight you know for a first job straight out of drama school but i get the impression from talking to you for the last five ten minutes that even if you hadn't got that first job from that open casting or that first agent i feel like you probably would have done at some point soon after that because you were as you said you were ballsy and persistent yeah. and really that's that's 50 60 percent of the game isn't it yeah, absolutely. Even more yeah, percent, I think, because I think without without kind of you have to kind of know know your worth almost and know that you're good enough. And mm. that can get beaten out of you in this mm. business. You know, there's so many times where I've stood there and uh, auditions and gone, I'm not good enough for this. I, I won't get it because she's better than me. And that's such a negative mindset to have. Um and the older you get, that that gets worse. When when you're younger, I think I was fearless and I'd throw myself yeah. into everything and not care about what anybody else sounded like. I was just bothered mm. about getting the job. Whereas the older I've got, I now go into auditions and think, oh, I think I'm, am I a bit out of place here? Am I going to get this? And then you've got to sit there and go, hang on a minute, Hayley, look at what you've done. Yeah. Look at how far you've come. Maybe those other girls there are sat looking at you thinking, oh gosh, that's Hayley Tamadon and she played this role in this. And, you know, yeah. so it's a, it's a circle, yeah. isn't it? We all have negative worries sometimes, you know, in this industry. And it's about fighting off those demons and being able to sit there and be like, no, you're good enough to do this. Go in there with a positive mental and you'll come out good. Um, and, you know, I think that's worked for the majority of my career it has. i think it has um but it's it's interesting you say about the older you get the more kind of that anxiety and sort of uh imposter syndrome i guess creeps in yeah i think that is true and actually that comes up a lot on the podcast um i've only recently started doing advert castings and stuff i was about to say acting they're not really acting you just walk in the room and if you look right you get it and if you don't you know yeah so that's literally <laughs> it um but i did one recent i did one oh, last oh, start of this year and it, it was that kind of moment where I thought, I'm really, I'm terrible. I'm never going to get this gig. But I tried to turn it into a positive. So it was an advert for, actually for a music video. <laughs> it's terribly paid. Actually, weirdly, my, one of my mates got, got it in the end. But I was in the room with this other guy. And they, we were in together. I hate going in together with someone else because instantly yeah. you feel like you're the worst person. And there was on your own. You felt like you can own the room a bit more. Um, yeah. And I did my bit. And then he did it. And he just did it so much better. And that's, and that's not even me like imposter syndrome. I was like oh okay that's a lot lot better than me and also that's how you do it so i tried to turn it from from instead of being like oh fuck what am i doing here i was like <laughs> okay this guy's more experienced than me he's doing it this way i'm gonna watch try and learn and next time i come in for an audition i'm gonna try and do it differently and so I but you know what as as an acting coach as an acting teacher i would say to you now don't do that because your way, your way is is the right way. It, rather than think you've got to because copy someone else. You do yeah, you. because it's you. 
you know. So it was bad, he, though. It was really bad. Yeah, but did he get it? Did he get the job? No, my mate Cy Thomas got it in the end. Right, there we go. So they probably didn't like what he did either. So the worst thing you can do is look at someone else and think, I need to do it like that person. Because then you're not being you, the authentic you, and they might just love you for who you are. So as your acting teacher, which I now am, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say, just do you. It's true. That's very, it's just, it is hard, isn't it? It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's to flick that little monkey off yeah. your shoulder is really difficult because that monkey sits there and whispers in your ear and goes, you're not good enough. You, yeah. you're, he did it way better than you. In actual fact, they probably loved what you did. You know, it just so happens that you went first and then saw him and thought, oh my God, he's way better mm-hmm. than me. But they, they probably didn't think that. He brought more sort of gravitas to it. I mean, he was crying at one point. It was, it was very good. He was really good. Um, crying? But, what kind of music thing yeah. was this? It was, it was the one where I, it was, remember, <laughs> I told you, Charles, it was the one where I had, you had to dress as a chicken. Actually, now I think about it, crying in the chicken costume actually probably That's didn't. too much gravitas, yeah, mate. Too it's not much. Sure I mean, that was too, too much. much. <laughs> no. I thought he was, I thought he, there was another bit later on where I had to pretend to, to throw some, uh, leaflets at him and I put up these papers from the side of the room and I threw them they hit him smack on the side of the face that's brilliant oh god and then and then that instead of d- like going along with it juices notes <laughs> no instead of going along with it I then went oh my god I'm so sorry which of course in his take he's then got some, the other actor going oh my god I'm so sorry while these papers hit him so um it was a learning curve for me that entire <laughs> that entire casting to be honest ring me but, next time you go for one I will, yeah, I will. And you want to say, mate, don't yeah. throw papers. Whatever you do, just don't throw papers. Don't yeah. cry if you're in a chicken costume. That's another big, big no-no. <laughs> oh dear, it was an yeah. experience. Yeah, it's not Romeo and Juliet, yeah. is it? I mean, it's not Shakespeare. Yeah. Jeez, bloody hell! I've just got this picture of all these really, really at like, have, like really amateur dramatic type people going for these castings, really taking it overly seriously, <laughs> um, <laughs> dressed up as like a peanut or a chicken or something like that. Yeah, yeah, we've all yeah. been there. Yeah. You've just got to be, you've just got to do what yeah, you absolutely. do and not what somebody else does, you know, because then you're a carbon copy of someone else. Well, I feel yeah. like this, yeah. actually, in creatively, in the other, all creative fields, actually, and I think this is slightly exacerbated by social media as well. We kind of see everybody else doing well. And we're all, we're all doing okay, aren't we? And I think that we, we kind of see... Every, social uh, media. I know. Don't even get me started. I, I, it's honestly, it, I, I have a love-hate relationship with it. Um, I think in terms of promoting and work-wise and stuff like that, you know, it's great. Sometimes I post baby pictures because I love pimping him out and showing yeah, him off. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, but especially Twitter, there are too many trolls mm. on Twitter. So I rarely go on there anymore. Um, I, I, I like Instagram. I find that a nicer place to be. But I did find it very detrimental um, when I had a baby, Instagram. Mm, I, I, I find that when you've got time and you're scrolling through and, you know, I'm sat there looking at all these women back in their size six jeans yeah. after having a kid and I'm sat there with a packet of donuts on my knee thinking, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'll never get back in a size pair of six jeans and my hair is in a mum bun and it's not blow dried like hers is. And, you know, and it was awful. Mm. And it really sent me on a downward spiral. And I had to kind of just pick myself up and go, if I feel like this, there must be hundreds of other mums out there that feel Mm. like this Mm. too. You know, I can't be the only one that sat here scrolling, feeling 
so depressed that I that I don't look like those people. And I put it out there and asked, and wow, the response I got back was crazy from other mums. We've really veered, haven't we, off from like Korea to now mums. No, that's all right. I mean, this how is, did this we do that? Good. This is what yeah, happens, yeah, don't yeah. worry. Well, you can chop and change, can't you? And <laughs> I yeah, so so social media for me, I I um sometimes I love it and then sometimes I think oh why i look at people and go why are you posting mm. that because that's not right for other people's mental health mm. for you to post that now that's not right um but hey you know but you're quite my my wife miranda she's also an actor and she follows you on twitter and she says you had you've, you've been very kind to her on twitter a few times in the past oh what's her surname door miranda oh my gosh yes she, i i'm gonna get excited now because um I responded to her yesterday and then she sent me another message today. And I was just going to say, is it door by any chance? Yeah, that's my wife. Yeah. That's bonkers. <laughs> Do you know why as well? Because I'm, I'm quite good at remembering names on mm. social media, especially people that, that interact with me quite often. I remember who they are. Yeah. And um, when you said Miranda, I was like, it can't be door, surely. <laughs> and it is. That's yeah. weird. that's bonkers. Yeah, she so seems she really you, lovely. She is the best. She is <laughs> the best. Um, but she said that you're when it comes to trolls, you quite often will quote quote tweet quote tweet trolls and call them out and stuff like that. You're quite a, let's quite call a, it retweet, Jim, which retweet. is what the word actually what is. <laughs> what was I trying to say? <laughs> God knows. God knows. Quote tweet. Um, quote, quote tweet. Yeah. Quote to it. I don't know what that is, but no. let, we'll we'll stick with what it actually is, which right. is retweet. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, listen, sometimes I I read stuff that they put, and I instantly press block, mm. um, because there's n- I've no time for it. Um, so so a lot of people just get blocked. I, if I if I retweeted and mentioned talk to to every single one, I'd be mm. here all day because I get it a lot. But um, sometimes some of them just really hit a nerve with me and I feel like I've got to say something and I'm never rude. I say everything with respect because you don't know what sort of person they are, what sort of day they're having, how bad their life is. So my, my every move is done with kindness. Um, and sometimes I just think, no, you, I just need to have a word with you about this because, you know, what somebody the other day, for example, um, I mentioned, I, I tweeted about doing the full Monty and somebody said, not this crap again, was his response. And so I said kindly, this crap again is, is a program that's going to save lives. Yeah. It's not uh, just any reality show you know we are doing something to save mm. lives and if we save one life we've done our job and then he responded and told me that his dad died from cancer and his granddad died from cancer and I said to him so mm. how come please tell me how come you feel the need to speak like this to me and then he went silent mm. that was it he's gone and then what happens is you see a whole bunch of other people then kind of get at him because they mm. they they feel like they're protecting me which is lovely but i don't want somebody to unless they're a real bad awful troll i don't want somebody to have that because we're all human at the end of the day you know we all have there is a part of our brain that is warm and kind and it's there somewhere under all those demon layers i think anyway so um yeah i i, I try hard to not be mean and rude yeah, if I can. Yeah, I it's think it's difficult. important because, like you say, um, 
often I think there is something going on with that person in their life. They've either, you know, or they, yeah. you know, they might have mental yeah. illness. They might be just going through a really bad time and they're just, I'm not, I'm not excusing yeah. the behavior, but I guess, you know, sometimes that is why they are doing what they're doing. Yeah. And some people do it for attention. Yeah. Some people yeah. do it to get yeah. likes and yeah. retweets, which I think is bonkers. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you know that you can call those people out mm. straight away, the ones that do it for that. And, you know, the others I just block yeah. straight away. Yeah, I've started I've started doing that as well. I, I previously had, had a sort of a, approach that was never block, but actually... Uh, Makes life too easier. Too, I think, tired, too old and too mm. tired now to, to yeah. bother with that. So yeah. I think your point about responding with kindness, I think, is is a good one because, as you say, you never know what someone's deal is. And yeah. sometimes some people just, and it's the same with in person, you know, you might uh, walk down the street and someone is a bit rude or barges past you. But if you respond with kindness in that situation, it can often, it can make everything sort of disappear. It's a bit of a diffuser. Yeah. Isn't it, I think. It's, it's a diffuser. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I am like. I, I don't think I've forever been like that, but um, the past few years, definitely I've, I've always tried to attack everything with kindness. No matter if somebody's really mean to me or says something awful, I will respond kindly because, well, it, what, what, what's your reasoning behind being that rude or mean to me when you don't know me mm. is what I think. There's got to be something else going on, you know, and things like my fiance is a, a bugger for it, but if we're driving and somebody is, annoys him, he'll just beep the horn. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, you beat that horn and that person in that car might be having the worst day. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Hayley, you're, sometimes you're, you're so nice. It's annoying. <laughs> but I, <laughs> It's not that it's, I'm not doing it for any other reason other than my thought goes directly to that person mm. first, yeah, and how they're feeling about mm. things, and you just don't know, dear. You? you know that quote of "There's always someone having a worse day than you" mm. yeah. is so true because there always is. There yeah. always mm. is. Yeah, and we've all done it. I've I've been that other person sometimes, and like reacted, snapped at someone, or reacted in a in a non kind way because stuff's going on, and I'm thinking about something yeah. else, or I'm having a yeah. bad day, and then I think, oh shit, I was really, I was really rude to that person, and I wasn't really yeah. concentrating, and they might have thought, well, this guy's an actually asshole, and could have yeah. been rude back to me. It's just, yeah, you just don't know what's going on, and life is so busy and heavy and constant that it's yeah. really hard sometimes to even just be in the moment. I know other people is. I know. I get it. I get it. It's it's it isn't easy. Um, I think now it's just, well, I try to, you know, after hearing this, somebody's bound to tweet, aren't they, and go, you were really mean to me. You were rude to me one time. <laughs> well, <yeah>. <laughs> I <laughs> do just honestly try to have that in my daily life, to just try and be nice and be kind because life's too short. It just really is. I agree. Mm. I agree. Giles, we have uh, something exciting to announce here in the middle of the podcast, um, and that is that we are launching blank merchandise. It's official. No way. Proper, <laughs> proper merchandise. Proper merchandise. So if our listeners would like to buy blank merchandise, they can go to podcastmerch.co.uk forward slash blank, and you can get, well, you can get a range of things, can't you? You can get T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, 
What else? Baby grows? Baby grows, because I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of babies out there that love the Blank Podcast. Um, I know mine does. Um, and you can also get, the, we've got various um, designs, haven't we? We've got one that's got our Blank logo on, uh, and then mm-hmm. we've got two that are inspired by pod guests. Yeah, one of them was inspired by Rebecca Callard, who was on, I think, the eighth episode of the Blank Pod. Mm. And hers was to do with her video collection, which we were talked about at some length. And we thought that what video library, which was the video shop I worked in back in the 90s, was an excellent name for a romantic <laughs> band of the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, and then you made this uh, this great, uh, what looks like album cover of you and me with um, hair from Flock of Seagulls. Um, so we mm-hmm. thought, you know what, let's make that into a design. So you can get that on t-shirts and hoodies and, and sweatshirts. And then we've got one that's inspired by Sanjeev Bhaskar when he talked about the three different stages of blank, fearful blank, neutral blank and happy blank and we've turned that into a design as well so um we've got various uh, designs that people can can get um and in different colors as well I'm, I'm very excited by this charles i'm really excited it feels like we're a proper thing now it does indeed um so if our listeners would would like to buy some merch um the t-shirts for example are 18 quid um the hoodies are 27 quid uh the tote bags are 17 quid and mugs are 15 quid and of course we do get a small cut as well of of everything that's sold so if you'd like to support the pod um then you can do it in this way and you'll get yourself some exclusive blank merchandise so go to podcastmerch.co.uk forward slash blank Going back to the acting stuff. Yeah. So you did, you were doing, um, obviously you did Boogie Nights and Mamma Mia. Yeah. What was after those? Did you start, is that when you started getting into TV or were you still doing, because you said about like, you know, you were missing, you know, um, possibly not fitting in in London. What was the next step? After Boogie Nights, I did a musical at the Crucible in Sheffield called A Chorus Line. Um, and that's the show that really mm-hmm. changed my life, really. Um, I'd always wanted to get into telly and, and do acting on telly, and it was so hard to cross over back then. It just really was. No, it, Nobody really took you on in telly if you were from a theatre mm-hmm. background. Uh, and a chorus line, I played the part of Diana Morales. I don't know if you know the show. It's um, mm. and it, I've seen the movie. Yeah, so same same, yeah. same as the movie. Diana Morales, uh, it's a big role. It's a big old part. And I thought, well, if if I'm going to do it, now's the time to get acting agents in and agent and, mm-hmm. and casting directors in to see me for TV. And I got myself, at the end of that, an, an acting agent took me on who did mainly telly. And with her, I did uh, my first bit of telly for the Royal back in 2004 or something mental um and then my wife used to love that show really yeah well she was she was so into heartbeat and it was just a sort of you know because it's the sort of expanded world yep. of heartbeat isn't it so i did the royal <laughs> she used to love that. it's a proper sunday night kind of program yeah and uh and then the next audition that came in was for uh emmerdale and she said you've got an audition for emmerdale and she said and I, I know this, they are, they are looking for a dingle, but that breakdown for that character hasn't come out yet. So mm. they just want to meet you and have a, like a general audition. So what I did was <laughs> I dressed 
like a dingle. <laughs> um, I mean, they must have what they must have thought when I walked through the door because I had like ripped jeans on, slash jeans, a tiny little vest with my boobs pushed up. And, oh you know, I, I, I walked in and um, she went, oh, my gosh. She went, you just look like Lucy Pargeter, who who is in the Dingle family. And I was like, inside, I was like, yes, yes. I've done it. Yes. yes. And um, and I said, do I? Oh, wow, okay. And uh, oh, this is just yeah. my normal class. Yeah, this is <laughs> and then she said, uh, she said, listen, come back in, in a month's time. We're having some auditions for a new Dingle. And I was like, great. So um, I did, I went back. I had four auditions for Delilah Dingle. Um, and the last one was a big workshop with about six different girls uh, as to who would get the role. Well, okay. Um, so that quite intense, I should imagine. Is really it? Really, it was really intense. Yeah. yeah. And um, when they rang me, I was driving when my agent rang, and I saw the phone in my handbag ringing, and I was like, "Well, I'll stop and answer it." So I pulled in at a services, and. Um, thinking it would just be a general chat, you know, and she went, are you sat down? I went, well, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the services on the M6. <laughs> she said, you, you got the part. And I was like, I, I mean, I, I could not believe it. I screamed, I screamed. And I said, I've got to ring my mom. And I put the phone down and I rang my mom. And my mom was at the top of the stairs in the house. And <laughs> She was walking down half the stairs and all I heard was a scream and then a foot, a tumble. And she'd oh literally in despair, as dramatic as you could be, she'd just fallen down the last five stairs oh. and she was out, she was going, oh, I'm no. fine, I'm fine. I could hear her shouting, I'm fine. Anyway, and my dad's going, what, Carol, what are you doing on the floor? <laughs> and she, she was crying. My dad was crying. I mean, it was life changing. Oh, you know, I just yeah. got the yeah. first big bit of telly that I could get and then um, it changed my life also, what a pro- yeah and what a process to go mm. through like those that many auditions and like that workshopping as yeah. well like they really you really earned that role yeah that's what I mean I've never really got anything on a plate I've I've really mm. worked and fought and worked and yeah and and I got it and then um, it changed everything for me I, I owe a lot to that show I really do it was overnight I guess success, if that's the word you want to use, mm. um, but life changing overnight as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Was it? Yeah, and I was going to say, was it? Um, was it a culture shock going into TV though? Because obviously with theatre, it's very different. Yeah, huge. Uh, what I did do though um, is I I went to uh, acting classes for telly before I oh, okay. before I started doing any TV. I mm. knew I wanted to go into telly, so I went and did a little um, uh, course uh, just so I could know what to do, you know, because you yeah. think you know, but nobody ever taught me anything to do with telly in my acting classes. Nobody. And again, that's why I teach it now, because there are so many colleges that they teach acting, yeah. but they don't tell you what to do in a TV casting. They don't talk to you about stuff like mm. that. Um and so that's why I did these classes and, and thank God I did. Um, but yeah, it was, it was life changing in, in a great way, but also in a terrifying way because all my life, all I've thought I've ever wanted is to be famous for doing 
what I do, either, you know, performing in some way. I said mm. it since I was a little girl. Mummy, I'll be, I'm going to be famous one day and I'll buy you a house with a swimming pool. <laughs> I mean, one out of two isn't bad, but, you know, she's still waiting for the house <laughs> with the pool. Um, and then... There's still time. There's still right? Time. And, I, and I always wanted it. And then suddenly I kind of got it overnight. I was in everybody's house every night and everybody knew who I was. And it was the most terrifying thing I think I've ever felt I I suffered anxiety which I'd never had before panic attacks of leaving the house I'd never had any of those things before doing telly ever um but it was because people some people are just not nice they shout or scream at you in the street or they they come over and they point at you and you know they just get their phone out they don't ask they they just shove it in your face say you know smiles say cheese you know and I'm like oh my god what is my life become it's terrifying Mm. and then I was on a train once and some boys put I was asleep and they'd put the phone through the gap in the train seats and were just filming me while I was asleep and and I woke up to them laughing and you know if I kick off then then they've got something on film of me kicking off. So you can't do that either. But it was, um, yeah, I had to, I had to sort myself out a bit because um, I got into a bit of a state. I did. I, I didn't want to leave the house on the weekends because weekends were busier and, Mm. you know, things like that. And then I just resorted to wearing a hat (laughs) all the time. And then that hat has become kind of my, my little, safe haven yeah. I, I, you'll always often see me in a cap or a you know a little hat or something it, it it's become kind of kind of part of part of who i am now um but i'm a lot better now you, i don't have it i don't have it now you know i'd go anywhere now you know um but did you get support from the show because obviously that is a big you know it's a big thing yeah. for you to take on and that big responsibility yeah um, and to, to have that kind of level of scrutiny mm. as well from the public yeah you you it's go through on, you go through um they talk to you in the final audition they talk to you about press and what you'll receive mm. and what to expect and you, you know because you're so eager to get the bloody job yeah. i'm sat there yeah. going yep yeah, that's fine i can yeah. take that i can do this i can you know and i yeah. say yes to yeah. everything you know um but when it actually happens, when you're walking through the supermarket and you get to the checkout and you put your shopping on the checkout and, you know, Wendy behind the till scans your tampons and then realises who you are and holds your tampons high in the air and waves at Sue across the other checkout. Oh. Look who it is, Sue. Look <laughs> no who it is. And she's still got my tampons in her hand. Right? Blood. Oh. And then everyone in the queue behind you is like, oh, it is. That's that girl. But Wendy's still oh. got my tampons. Do you know what I mean? She's still waving them above her head. Fuck's sake, Wendy. <laughs> Wendy, put my tampons down. <laughs> and, and honestly, it's moments like that that... Yeah. I now laugh off a bit more, but back then, oh my God, I'd pull, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd pull the cap down and I'd be like, nobody look, please Mm. nobody look. But um, that all kind of got better for me and changed a lot when I did Dancing on Ice um, because then I wasn't just known as uh, Del Dingle, you know, I was known as Hayley. People knew my name and that became a really nice thing. You know, it would you know, if I was sat on the train or something, somebody would come up and go, Hayley, uh, and I was like, oh my God, how do you know who I, how do you know what my name is? And I'd be like, oh, right, okay. Yeah, because you know my name now. So it, it was really bizarre, but um, it was a nice bizarre, a nice change. And I think for me, it kind of, yeah, it changed then and got a bit easier. 
that's a mad psyche that people don't almost realize that actors certainly soap actors and i know it's an intense environment filming a soap are people that's yeah. bad that it takes you being on a reality tv well, you're the character, show you, you're I just suppose. a character to people and you're actually of course you're a person with feelings yeah. and and that's mad that members of the public sometimes can't differentiate between the two i find that weird yeah it, it is odd um it is odd because i had it i had it a lot I had one little old lady hit me with a handbag, you know, because I'd stolen £20,000 off Eric Pollard, you know. But Eric Pollard was a shit. Right? (laughs) But God bless her. She gave me a right old crack with her handbag. Oh, my God. And I take it as a compliment. You should take it as a compliment, really. It means they're believing in your character, which I think is a really good thing. Um, But at the same time, you know, when I'm out for karaoke with my friends and there's, you know, a... 30 year old really quite big woman who wants to hit me in the face <laughs> you know because of something oh. i've done on tv that was terrifying yeah. um and you have to kind of go hey it's, it's me i'm really nice i'm not i'm not like yeah. i'm not like what she's just done and i'm not cheating on my husband and i'm not you know so anyway yeah you get you you get past it it's uh it's part and parcel shall we say that does seem yeah. to be a common thing in in soap operas actually even more so than I guess like 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 films and stuff, or you know, in other roles, you are you're changing roles quite regularly. And I guess because you're playing that person for a length of time, yeah, people you know, invest, don't they? They invest yeah. in the characters, they invest in the show, which is fantastic. Yeah. And you're also, and yeah, you're in their house every night of the week, yeah. and on catch yeah. up for yeah. three hours on a Sunday if you want. You yeah. know? and then you do dancing on ice. On top of that, you're in that person's house every night on telly. Mm. So they just they almost feel they know you. You know, yeah. and sometimes, you know, I'd be shopping and somebody would come over and go, hello, you're right, I've not seen you in ages. And then they'd stop and go, oh, I don't, oh my God, I don't know you, do I? <laughs> yeah. I just know yeah. you off the telly. Oh God, I thought yeah. I really knew you, you know, and wow. it's, um, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's. I, this is really interesting because I was having this very conversation with my wife this morning about George Clooney. Yeah. Because he's moved to Oxfordshire, and I was thinking, does I was saying, does does George just hand? Does he go down to Tesco's <laughs> Express? Like, does he has he integrated himself into the community in Oxfordshire? I'm not sure. You know, he's got a big mansion there. But I was thinking, it must be. But then we were sort of saying, it must be really difficult if you're, you know, you have that level of stardom, you know, where you just. You cut. It'd be really difficult to go yeah. out in public. Because, oh, well, you know, because I'm no George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm not, I wasn't <laughs> suggesting that. But, but, but even for you, like, but, but, you know, you're saying that, you know, even for you, it's been diff. You know, you've had moments of difficulty with like. I think for someone like George Clooney, he could quite possibly blend in because mm. would you really believe yeah. you'd yeah. seen George yeah, Clooney? Like, oh, no. Ah, it can't be. Whereas if you if you're in Manchester and you know all the Corrie cast live around Manchester, yeah. You, know, yeah. Yeah. You, you and you see them every single night on on your TV screen, mm. then you could you believe it, don't you? You you know straight away yeah. if you see my face. It's from I mean, I've got in the back of a taxi once and the guy's gone, "Hayley, where do you want to go?" and he's not even looked at me, but he's heard my voice and he knows wow. it's from my voice, he knows it's me. You know, that's bonkers. Yeah. So mm. maybe if George Clooney goes into Costa and speaks, everyone would know it's, and then says, what <laughs> yeah. name do you want on your cup? And he says, George. Well, uh, he's, he like, only, he's like, only of... Nespresso, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say Nespresso, yeah. <laughs> Other coffee varieties are available. <laughs> Jim, it's us again. 
and uh, we've got some big news. We have indeed. Uh, Giles, I can't believe I'm saying this. We've written a book, a book about blank moments based on this very podcast. Yeah, we've been recording this podcast for a while now. And as we've been doing, we've realised that everyone has these difficult blank moments. All our wonderful guests that we have on the podcast and our listeners get in touch with us all the time to tell us about their own situations, their own experiences of blank moments. And sometimes that can be from a personal life, from their career, the relationships they're in, or maybe it's a public situation. Yeah, I mean, it really, it's one of those terms that can be applied to anything. Social anxiety, imposter syndrome, just sort of generally being off form, having an identity crisis. I mean, it's all part of the human condition. And yet we all get thrown off from time to time and sort of made to feel a bit helpless. Yeah, so the book is made up of all these different chapters that sort of concentrate on these various themes that come up in the pod. So whether it's uh, public failure, social anxiety, fear, mental health, grief, all the things that our amazing guests have talked about on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, and those guests include Louis Theroux, David Harbour, Reg D. Hunter, Dawn French, Rachel Paris, Amanda Abington, John Ronson, Rufus Sewell, Gary Lineker, all these people that really opened up to us about these difficult moments. And what we've done is we've dived into them, um, explained how we relate to them, talked a little bit about our own experiences and almost gone on a journey of this discovering blank moments and how they've helped us. And we hopefully we take the reader on a journey with us. Yeah, there's loads of stuff in there for everybody, I think. It's a bit memoir, it's a bit self-help, and there's lots of interactive bits in there as well, so you can do your own gratitude list, and there's tips on uh, if you're having sleeping problems. So all different things that you can take out of the book. And where can people get hold of this book, Jim? Well, so it comes out in March in 2021, but it's available to pre-order right now from Amazon, waterstones.com, and hive.co.uk. Yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to everyone getting their hands on it. And uh, hopefully lots of people will be able to identify their own blank moments. And you never know what you might find out. Yeah, no, it's funny because I was sort of saying, oh, it's interesting what you're saying, because I was saying, oh, the British public, they are, they're really good. Like, I can imagine there wouldn't be this kind of sycophancy around George Clooney. Like, he'd be able to just get away with... But actually listening to you saying like, you know, the, 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 the fact that you had people coming up to you all the time, actually, maybe I was wrong about that. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. No, maybe, it's... The, maybe the British public aren't as <laughs> kind and nice as I thought. No, a lot of them are. <laughs> Just a couple of them on occasion yeah. haven't been. But um, it's when you're at the height of something. So if you're in yeah. a, a show like Amadella or Corrie, you know, that you're on telly yeah. all the time. Now, when I've not been on, you know, I've not done a show like that for a while, people still come over, but it's genuine and nicer or you know yeah. it, it it's it is different it is different i i went into <laughs> i had a hospital appointment for, for my back so i've got my back and um it was just after the full monty had aired on monday and i went in on tuesday morning and the guy at the door i i, I opened the door and i he said do you want a mask and i said yes please and he went oh my god are you did did you did you take your cl- clothes off? On? And I was, yep, that's that's me. Yep, that's yep. great. That's uh, <laughs> and, and I quickly walked away before he got in conversation with me. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, now this is another one I've got to deal with. 
but yeah, no, it's um, <laughs> it's it's fine and an honor and you know a privilege. I think you have to look at it that way, really, because yeah. one day no one will bloody care who I am. <laughs> you know, so I may as well take it while I while I've got well, it. Well, you've yeah, and you've worked hard for it, so yeah. you, know, you deserve to have that. that yeah, you, you absolutely deserve it. Oh, so. thanks. That, that hard working thing. I know you said it right at the start. Yeah, I was thinking about that actually because I was thinking, yeah, obviously in, in a lot of the entertainment industry, there's nepotism sometimes, and people have grown up with actors and for dads and whatever and stuff. But really, maybe maybe if you're like like um, what's his name, uh, Jack Whitehall or something, you're probably okay. But ev- everyone else, you still have to work hard, and that hard work never ends, does it? You know, yeah, you get a big show or whatever, you're still working hard on that show and afterwards. Like, I think people kind of think. Once you've made it, you've made it. But that hard work in any industry, I guess, really never disappears. I think um, for some people, you know, they can just click their fingers. It just comes easy. I, I use the term click my f- click the fingers. I don't mean that in an, in an aggressive way. I, I honestly mean it like they it, things just come to them. Whereas that's never been the case for me really with anything. I've really always had to fight for something so uh, I think um you know after doing this full Monty job I'm not now sat here with 35 offers to choose from on the table I wish I was but I'm not you know I've had a couple of nice emails from ITV Mm. saying lovely things and you know and that's wonderful and that's that means the world to me and you know and then we'll see what happens but no me personally right now in my life I'm not in that position I have been in the past in a position where I've left a job and you know, I've had seven offers come in on the same day and wow, you know, that's like, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, but no, it's it's not an, a regular occurrence that I have that, you know, I, I, I can't, I'm not saying I'm sitting here and picking and choosing jobs. I am a jobbing actress. Mm. That is what I do. Um, and that's what I'll always do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'm a jobbing comedian. I would, I'd love an offer. Just one offer. One to be great. Yeah. I need seven. I need one. Yeah. But, um, but that I just think that that sort of that that grift that grind. I just think you, you just when it's in you and it's innate in you and you've done it your whole time. I just think you never stop. You never stop doing it. And I think I would no. rather be like that than Me be too. someone that that had could pick and choose and had stuff on the table. And oh, do I fancy acting this year? No. Do I fancy comedy? No. I, I'd rather be someone that just does it twenty four seven. Yeah, I think just the. I, I think the way I've done it and and how I feel about it is has made me more grateful um, and and more respectful of the industry because it's it's bloody tough. <laughs> this business is hot. You know, I teach now. You, you know, sixteen to nineteen year olds, uh, and and what they, all they want to know is how do I get into telly? How do I get? You know, and mm. I, I wish I could sit here and go, it's dead easy. It's really easy because it's not. It's really, really tough. There are hundreds of actors out there. Majority are brilliant and unemployed. Yeah. And they're sat at home, brilliant. And you watch them and you go, why aren't you on the telly? But they're not. They're unemployed. And that is the sad part of this business, you know? And if you are somebody that can break into to telly or get into a show or get to, you know, I, there's been times when I've heard people join a soap that I've been in um you know I'm not saying who or which soap or whatever but I've sat in the green room and I've sat there and heard them go oh god I won't be in this in a year from now and and you know I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna do this this and this and I've sat there and thought Mm. you know 
it ain't that easy. Mm. It just isn't. And if it is for you, then brilliant. But I'm mm. telling you now, I've done it. I've been on the other side of it. And it's not easy. It just doesn't happen like that, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a grafter. I always have been. It's uh, it's the way I was raised. And, I, and I'll always be that way, I think, you know? Yeah. And great. And when, I've, when I've got eight offers on the table, Jim, I'll ring you up and let you know yeah, what they me... are. <laughs> <laughs> and the ones you don't want, just, just send them my way. I'll pass them um, your way. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, the idea of gratitude comes up in the pod a lot, Giles, doesn't it? And we, we talk about yeah, it a lot does, yeah, as yeah. a kind of perspective for how you're... Well, I think that that's because Giles is um, drawn to people that are on the same mindset as him you know as with me I was drawn to Giles because of of he he talks the same as me um my screen's gone black tell me that it's all right because it's gone off you seem fine you're fine are you sure how do I know it's recording it is it is I've done it it's recording (laughs) 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 at a moment of panic you do realize I've been tapping the screen the whole time we've been talking oh don't don't worry um yeah keep that bit in your podcast people think I'm bonkers um yeah, I, I think, you know, people like Giles, he's drawn to certain people. And I think I'm one of them, if, you know, if I can say that, Giles, that, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I, we yeah. have a similar mindset. And that mindset is um, to have gratitude if, if you know, and, and what you put out there in the universe, you, you get it back tenfold because the universe is just a big fat mirror, you know, mm. and it reflects everything you give it. And, and, it's, and it's a magnet. You know, so mm. if you only throw out love and kindness and joy and positivity, and I know that's not easy and it's easier said than done to be like that. None of us are like that all mm. the time. You know, it's impossible to be like that all the time, but as much as possible, throw out there what you want to get back, you know, because that is what it does. And, and I just do believe that. I really do believe that. Mm, agreed. Um, I'm a big believer in, um, uh, in the sea, I read The Secret years ago and it changed my life, that book. And then I passed it to uh, a friend of mine who I, he won't mind me mentioning, Dan Brocklebank, who's in Corrie. Um, he was having a tough time and I gave him the book to read and it changed everything for Dan. Wow. It was literally like, you know, the two of us, both of us, we were sat there, no work, no job, but just sat in sorrow and wallowing in it. And, but, and then we read this mm. book. And we did everything that the book said and giving gratitude and putting it out there in the universe. And I kid you not, everything I wanted came at me. It was like I was ticking them off a checklist. You know, it was unbelievable. Um, And so that book, that book really changed a lot for me. And from there I thought, okay, I need more now. I need, I've got a thirst for this. I want to fill my brain with positive self-help. And I went on this journey of, uh, amazing self-help books and I read every week I'd read one and not the stuff that you know I, I read the good stuff hmm. the stuff hmm. that fills your brain with happiness and joy and yeah at the end of a book I'd be like oh my god I love life and I feel brilliant and I'm gonna give out every bit of joy I can to people and, yeah. you know and honestly I love living that way you know um, and it's a bit it's different now I've had a child and I've gone through different chapters in my life and 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 I still try and put it out there as much as possible but um you know after having a baby life changes completely you know right um but yeah I I do try and do it as much as I can with the whole gratitude thing 
There you go. I've just talked for another 10 minutes. (laughs) Fill your podcast up. That's all good. Um, Perfect guest. No editing. no, it's great. No, and you, uh, that comes across, Hayley. There's a you've got a, you know there's a brilliant um, energy about you, and uh, you know that comes across on on social media. And yeah, and like you say, I was drawn to you in this, for the same reasons. You know yeah. because yeah, you can just tell sometimes, can't you, that people on the same wavelengths as you. Um, yeah. By, yeah, by the way that you interact with them. So yeah, no, I, I think totally we all we all that. we find this with our listeners. We have we have incredibly kind and supportive people that listen to us and tweet us and talk about us. We I think we all need each other to do that you know it's great throwing that positivity out and that is fantastic but when you meet other people who feel the same way and then and then throw that back at you we're we're social beings humans aren't we we're we're community Mm. beings i think we all need that and the more we have that and the more that that group of us grows then i think it's the more sort of empowered you feel to take on life yeah absolutely i love that yeah and you know we should raise each other up not not push each other down i think you know um and I, i i yeah, I'm a big believer in that. Ra- raise people. Yeah. I, I do it a lot with, you know, people that have, who, who some of my friends have come to me and said, you know, I need help with doing an audition or a self tape, and and I've and I've been like, oh, I'm up for that part as well. You know, I would absolutely 100% do that tape with them. I don't care if I if she gets the job. That's amazing. Mm. That's amazing because mm. one of us got it. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah don't be competitive i can't that that level of yeah, competitiveness yeah. It, it it it's definitely out there and i hate it with a passion um don't be like that with with people raise each other up and if your friend gets that job over you then support them and be happy for them you know and you'll get something else and that's how life is that's how it works that's so true that's yeah. so true yeah, and that part wasn't meant to be for you that point yeah. but yeah. it was for them yeah. and and you know maybe next time they'll yeah. They'll, they'll help you so yeah absolutely so, you know, not that you do it for that but 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 just because you've done that and put that out there i, I mean. did one recently with a friend I, I asked my agent if i could audition um and uh and the <laughs> casting team had said no um and my friend got an audition for it and it was for a brilliant telly series and she came to me and said would you do my self-tape with me? And I said, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. 100%. So I did a self-tape with her and I helped her with it. And I love doing stuff like that because I love directing and teaching and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, we sent it off and uh, they, they rang her agent and said, who did her self-tape? And her agent rang her and said, who did your self-tape? Because they've asked. And she said, oh, Hayley Tamadon. And um, her agent said, well, you haven't got this part in this drama they want you to tape for a bigger part in a different, completely different drama because wow. they thought your tape was brilliant and they loved you. And she she taped again for a bigger role in an even bigger drama and she got it. Whoa. And it's like, oh, oh my God, just like, that is amazing. That yeah. is amazing. I was so happy for her. And now, you know, she's gone off and she's filmed it and oh, it's just brilliant. Yeah, and you and you help facilitate that. I just helped a bit, and that that is enough for me, you know. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm I'm chuffed to bits for it. Chuffed to bits. That's so. I mean, this these industries are so difficult, and that is so nice when you've got people pulling for you and supporting you yeah. because encouragement is a credible thing, isn't massive. it? Yeah, it's so lonely doing this job and 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 doing. But there's such a stigma against it. There's such a competitive. 
part of this industry that sometimes, and it's through no fault of anybody's, you know, but they become a bit closed and, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to help that person or I'm not just in case I don't get it or just in case nobody, Mm. you know, and I I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Oh, that's true. And if you don't get it, it wasn't, maybe it wasn't meant for you. Yeah, exactly. Stuff, the universe has a funny way of, giving you stuff when you're ready for it or you know when it's meant oh my god yes totally believe in that in timing is everything yes, timing. time is everything yeah. i mean i didn't think i could have kids and i got to 40 and was like okay it's definitely not gonna happen so i'm gonna go to la and i'm gonna live there for six months and live my best life and go out drinking cocktails every night <laughs> probably work in a hotel because i won't get a job you know and i was like i rang someone about a visa and was getting all that sorted and then i met adrian and within two years, we've got a baby. And oh. <laughs> I just think, oh, okay. I was I was just meant to wait until I yeah. met him. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't meant to yeah. have a baby with anybody else. Thank God I didn't have a baby with anybody else. <laughs> it would have been a disaster by now, you know. But no, I was meant to wait for this guy. And yeah. thank God I did. Yeah. yeah. And again, So it's all like, about timing. And that's that going back to that yeah. gratitude thing as well and being able to have that perspective. Because it's yeah. harder. Like sometimes you feel like you're ready for stuff or if you're a bit younger and you want the world and things aren't happening, but it's, pa- it's patience and persistence and perspective. Yeah. The three but you know, There we go. Yeah. The three P's. I like that. PPP. It's not as, it's not as easy, is it? You can say it to people, but it's, it's a mindset thing and it's not easy when you're not getting the auditions or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people sometimes, you know, I sit there and go, why haven't I got an audition for that? Why didn't I get that? You know, why? but I have to trust that my agent is working for me because he is, he's brilliant. I know he's putting me up for these things. So if I don't get a casting or I don't get an audition, it's okay. It's not, you know, it's just not my time for that. And it's, it's hard to sometimes say to the younger generation, it is about just being patient because it'll come. Yeah. You know, it will come. It will. I agree. I, I have a friend of mine who's just the most incredible actress. She's a star. And I, I'm always saying it to her. You just hold, hold your horses. It's coming. It's coming. And she's like, I know I want it now. I've been waiting. <laughs> it. And I'm like, it's coming. You're, you're a superstar. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's so nice. And it, you know, it's nice being that person that's encouraged someone else. I had someone ring, ring me this week and she said to me, I just wanted to ring you to say thank you because I've just got a book deal and you, for the last few months, you've been the only person telling me to keep going with this book. That's so lovely. It was was so nice to hear that. And it was lovely that she took the time to ring me about it as well. And uh, yeah, and she's got a book deal and I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased for her. So amazing. Yeah. And it's just a lovely feeling to know that you helped that person in some way just yeah. to feel like they could do that thing. Can you help me That's get my book is. deal now? <laughs> I can help you. That yeah. would be great. I'll call yeah, you yeah. after this. Are you, are you writing it now? <laughs> oh, I've written a, I've written a kid's book. Um, have you? I have. Yeah. It, it's all, I didn't realize this. I've sent it to a few agents. It's, it's all poetry based. Um, mm-hmm. I love writing poetry. I always have done. And I've, I've written a kid's book and I can see 
it's all about animals and I can see it animated. I can see it on, on screen as well as in the books. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've not got mm-hmm. anyone to illustrate it yet. Maybe I should do that. But um, I sent it the to... Published, oh, okay, first piece of advice yeah, from on. the published children's author. Yeah. Don't worry about that. The publisher oh, right. will sort oh, that Oh, really? Out. Right, yeah, okay. Don't worry about that at all. Just send your text out. Well, I've sent it to a few agents, not loads, just uh, just a handful to see what people said. And um, I got really lovely emails back, but all of them kind of said, we love it, but just not enough to take it on. These are agents, not publishers, by the way. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, uh, and, and it's made me sit and back an- and think. That's my second piece of advice. Yeah, go on. Don't worry about an agent. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I need to ring you after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, I well, maybe I need to get an agent, you know, to help me get it published. But I don't know. You know, I Giles, do you know what? I'll send you one to read. And, and yeah, you, you've got kids, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're a bit older, but yeah, um, you know. Send it to me. I've got a 15-month-old daughter. Have you? How, yeah. I, it's a, probably a bit. How old are yours, Giles? They're eleven and thirteen, but um, oh yeah, maybe. Our 11 year old, we still, but our eleven-year-old, we still, he's got quite severe dyslexia, so we still read quite a lot of picture books as well with him. So, all right, well, I'll tell you what, um, I'll send you yeah. a couple to read to your eleven-year-old and, and see what they think, and um, and let, and well, let I'm me know. To read them as well, obviously. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah. I love writing. I've written, I've written that. I did all this in lockdown. Um, yeah. I wrote, I wrote that, and then uh, I've also written a six-part comedy series amazing. Um, have you amazing yeah um which you. which i'm i'm just starting now to do something with again it's believing in yourself and and knowing yeah. knowing it's funny you know um i sent it to a couple of producer friends who said okay this is really this is good so let's you know send this out to, to some people um so i've yeah i've i've put it in the bbc writers room so I've entered it into that and um, and I've got a, a comedy producer now reading it as well. Um, and yeah, it's just baby steps, isn't it? And yeah. and just putting yourself out there and going, I, I, I'm a writer, I can write. Uh, and yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I think I'm quite good at it. So, yeah. yeah. Writing is one of the hardest disciplines out mm. there. It really is. It's one of the hardest things. And I think if, if you've had the, yeah, the... Um, the ideas and you've had the the, the, the momentum to do it yeah. and actually get it down and stuff and to do six episodes of a of a show yeah. and some kids' books as well. <laughs> hats off to you. Hats off to Amazing. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm I'm really chuffed with what I've written. It's all uh I majority, ninety percent it's all true life. Um it's, the best stuff it, is generally. Know, it's all about a Persian woman in her forties who gets pregnant, <laughs> um, and you know it's you see a lot of her Persian family, and it's all um, it's full of love and heart and and funny stuff. Yeah, so um, who knows? Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That's amazing. That's brilliant. Thanks. I, I guess. Do you feel like you're moving into another period of your career because obviously you've done you know you've done theatre work you've done tv and now i know you probably want to do more of those things but do you feel like you're moving into another kind of chapter as it were i'm trying to excuse the pun yeah i am yeah i am trying to uh i I love writing i love it um you know i don't know I, I, I can write serious stuff. I can, I, and, I, and I like writing the comedy stuff. But I do write about what I know. I write about situations I've been mm. through because I think that when you write from real life, it, it's real, isn't it? It's funnier, or it's from the heart. Mm, yeah. Um. 
but yeah, I, I love it. And I, I'm, I'm waiting now for someone to just, well, actually somebody has this week said, Ooh, uh, so-and-so this channel are wanting some comedy sketches. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think that you might be good at writing one, you know, I've, I've written a couple, so um, I've, I've sent, I'll send them in and see what happens. But yeah, it, it's just a waiting game with writing. It's really difficult to get yeah. into. Mm, it's a slow... Yeah. It's, I mean, like the publishing industry is very slow as well. So yeah. I don't, I'm not sure about so much about TV and stuff, but yeah, certainly like, um, like yeah, right, right, like books and stuff. It's well, very I, slow. Well, I wanted to write a book about me. Like, a, I mean, it'll probably end up in the bargain bucket bin, you know, for 99p. But, <laughs> you know, I've, I've got, I've been through a lot in my life and I've, I, I feel like I'm at an age I should tell the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I've thought, if I can't get a children's book published, how on earth, how would anybody want to take me on and publish my book? So, you know, I'm, I'm going to wait a bit for that and um, and see what happens. But yeah, I, I do love well, writing. I think sometimes actually just writing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what happens to I've it. Started I started it, Giles. I've got, yeah, I've got a think... title. It's called Does My Nose Look Big In This? And I think uh, already, <laughs> I think the title is catchy, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Very good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think people will want to read a story about your life. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. You know, you are, you're very good at what you do. So I think, you know, people will want to read. Well, that. I don't think they're you. mutually, you know, mutually exclusive, the children's book or the, or the book no, about you. I think all. you just go for it. And you Thanks. Just... The problem with me yeah. is I've got a million ideas and they all run at once. Mm. And I've mm. always been one of those people that wants to run before they can walk. So, you know, I've written a series and a, like a few kids' books and I'm like, I'm a writer, please, somebody, <laughs> sign me, book me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in actual fact, I, I've not had anything out anywhere yet that's that's been published, so I just need to hold my horses and rein it in a bit. Rein it in, horses, see what I did there? You guys are on fire. And, um, oh, I know, genius. I know, right? Um, I'm wasted, <laughs> wasted. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've just got to see what happens. But hopefully, I, I, I would love for my comedy series so for someone to read it and go this is good you know let's yeah. let's pick up pick it up but it is a waiting game as you know yeah mm, well yeah. fingers crossed on that because that sounds amazing oh thanks i'll send you a bit oh, to read yeah, don't show it anyone it. mind <laughs> oh, uh, i wouldn't, wouldn't dare wouldn't dare <laughs> unless it's a big comedy producer for itv yeah. then yeah show <laughs> <it>. <laughs> i don't know that many comedy producers unfortunately but if i did i would definitely oh, show it to bless them. you thanks thanks mm, that's well no you're welcome well Hayley, it's been so lovely to talk it's to you amazing. this evening thank you so much for giving us your time no my pleasure i've chewed you we really appreciate it <laughs> No, it's great. Perfect. It's great. It's Perfect absolutely great. Guess. We love we love that. <laughs> um before we go though, we we always ask our guests at the end of the podcast if they've got any advice for our listeners on blank moments. Now we've we've obviously talked about various different things today. But and blank moments is obviously quite interpretive, but so it could be, you know, you'll probably have to think about where your blank moments have been and uh how you get through them. So if you've got any advice for any of our listeners What's a on how to get through. Well, it's interpretive. So it could be, um, I guess, for example, we talked about imposter syndrome. We've had people talk about public failure, social anxiety, those kind of things that have been their blank moments. Or it could be just Creative. literally, a, 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 you know, as, as literal as being a blank moment where you've been performing. Oh, I've had many um, of them. <laughs> oh my god many of them yeah i mean they'll go in the book because they're very funny 
I mean, you can't. Can you share one with you us? Can't, share, you, share one. You can't play the part of Roxy Hart and sing the title song Roxy Hart and forget the, the lyrics, can you? I mean, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did. Um, yeah, I've had loads of those. That one was probably my best one because all the cast were behind me and I sang the first line. The name on everybody's lips <laughs> is going to be Roxy. And suddenly I became some cabaret act from Blackpool Pier. And and I wasn't in Were you doing jazz hands yeah, as well. Full on. And the, the ensemble behind me, the dancers, were laughing their heads off. I forgot all of it. All of it. Wow. I just had to turn around and watch one of the dancers singing and my, and I was like, oh, that's where it is. Yeah. Oh my God, I've had a load of those. <laughs> but that's probably not the blank moment that you're after is it <laughs> it's a good one it's a good one it's a good one um right ask the question again giles because i've gone off on a tangent <laughs> well no it's just asking it's just basically saying um for our for the list anyone listening who might be having their own kind of difficult moment or blank moment as it were uh, and how they kind of get through that do you know um Getting, getting, getting through those moments is firstly remembering that the, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. And I know that phrase mm. sounds corny, um, but there actually always is. There is, there is an answer to every problem. Mm. There is a solution to every hurdle you come across. And it might seem like you have to jump over every single hurdle. And, and sometimes you might think, if I just run around those hurdles, it'll be easier. But my advice to you is don't, don't run around. T- go, go the long way. Jump over those hurdles and get to the finish line and you'll be so proud of yourself and proud of what you've achieved. And if that is a time of loneliness, if it's a time of sadness or depression or, you know, you're not working at the moment or you're missing family at the moment, it's just remembering those moments of gratitude and what we can be grateful for because the tiniest things in life we can be grateful for, you know, having a roof over my head, I'm grateful for having Mm. some food in the fridge right now. I'm grateful for, you know, and to some that might sound silly, but to me, I do sometimes open the fridge and go, God, I'm really bloody lucky, you know, that I, that I've got some food and I can feed my family. And, and only yesterday, a, a, a friend of mine is, her friend has has lost sorry i'm not explaining that very well her friend died and left two children with uh with a single parent who's now struggling massively struggling and it's moments of that that makes you go god i'm i'm lucky i have everything yeah. you know so we donated money and we've put money into getting them a, a big hamper of food and clothing and you know that sort of thing and i can't you can't do that with every single person but sometimes it just hits me and and i'm like i can't sit here and not donate to little things like that i have to because mm-hmm. i feel really lucky to to have what i've got even if it's little and tiny you know so yeah for those people going through that um please know that there is always people like Giles and me on social media that you can come to and have a little moan at because people like me and Giles will take the time to respond and um you know there are plenty of other people out there like that it's uh it's just about keeping your chin up and holding your head high remembering how brilliant you are because some people forget how brilliant they are and you shouldn't because you're brilliant. Agreed. 
I won't. End. So don't tweet me. I won't do that. Don't tweet me. I'm, <laughs> just, just you two. I just don't bother with me. Um, no, that's true. That's that's good advice. I, yeah, I appreciate that. Well, talking of brilliant people, Haley, you've been fantastic <laughs> and brilliant. Um, it's been honestly, it's been a real treat to talk to you. I'm so glad we've been able to do this. Thank I know you. we've been talking about doing it for a while. So thanks for I'm, having I'm, me. I'm honoured. No, so great. Thanks, no, no, absolutely. So grateful to have you on. Thank you. Everyone talks so highly of your podcast. So you know, it, I am honoured to be asked to have done it. Oh, Thank well, you. Very nice. Thank you. To say. <laughs> Don't know who these people are. <laughs> yeah, who are these people? <laughs> it was Jim. It was just Jim. It was me. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jim. Yeah. That sounds about yeah. right. Thank you so much, Haley. Pleasure, darling. My absolute pleasure. Hayley Tamadon on the Blank Podcast. What a great guest. Another one of those, I know we're still doing these in lockdown and over Zoom. Another one we think would have just been such great company in person and would have been lovely oh, to meet. Oh, yeah, her, it would have, been, would have been great to meet. But absolutely. we are doing Maybe what we next can, time. aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I guess we'll probably be carrying on doing this for a little while. Yeah. Um, during 2021 as well. So, um, But yeah, it would be nice at some point to go out and actually meet we're a guest. We're in tier three now. We've just gone into tier three, so... Um, we're still in tier two here. I think you might be all right. But by the time this comes out, there won't be any tiers, will there? We'll all be in... Just be full lockdown. Just be full lockdown across the country. We'll be we'll be praying for tier three by the time this comes out. Yeah. Um, no, I do... Um, before we talk about <laughs> Hades' episode, um, I do hope everyone's doing okay with their mm. tiers and COVID and... Um, yeah, it's yeah. difficult. So I do hope you're all... Um, yeah, yeah. You're all keeping safe and well and, and sane... This is, this is tough on the old mental health at the moment. So, mm. you know, do talk to people if you're finding the lockdown and stuff difficult because I think everybody is, regardless of where you are, what you're doing. So, uh, and we hope our little pod yeah, is, is hoping yeah. in, helping in some way. If it's a bit of a break from lockdown or a bit of a distraction, then, you know, we hope we can help in some way. But we are here at yeah, the end absolutely. of Twitter as well if people want to chat to us. Yeah, do. Please do reach out if you need anything because um, we're happy to listen. Indeed. Um, so anyway, look, hey, what what a great! It's funny you asked Haley at the end, like for for advice, but I feel like she sort of doled out quite a lot of advice throughout that episode. Anyway, did. without we didn't really even well, look, ask, and it just came out. Well, yeah, you can see why she's doing sort of mentoring and teaching because yeah. she's obviously very good at it. You know, she gave you a bit of a sort of little casting <laughs> acting uh, crash course, yeah, acting crash course. So uh, yeah, I think you know she's yeah she's just got such great energy. I think she'd be a very inspiring kind of tutor. I think inspiring is a good word, actually. You know, we talked about someone that's worked from nothing to be incredibly successful in this mm. game. I think she is a very inspiring person. And, you know, this industry is hard and uh, any creative industry is hard, but to, for her to be, have such a positive outlook still, the way she's replying to, to trolls and stuff and the way she's approaching, mm. the way she's helping her friends do self-tapes. I'm God, not many actors will do that, honestly. Um, no, that's amazing. I think she's got an incredibly positive outlook on life. And I think it, 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 it's a sort of outlook that serves you well and serves the people around you well uh, as well. And I think that's massively important. Um, and I don't, you know, and I, she was very diplomatic about other people she's worked with, but I can't imagine there are many people in that, in, in that industry that do that. So um, no, I, think no. she's, uh, I think she's brilliant for that and, and massively inspiring. Yeah, yeah. It was such a great episode and, like you say, very inspiring. And, yeah, good. and I hope... She does so well with her writing. I'm really like looking forward to seeing what she 
puts out there. Because me too, yeah, yeah. That's that's obviously a new. Cha- you know, we said <laughs> use that pun again. It's a new <laughs> chapter in her life, and um, yeah, I wish her every success with it. Me too, me too. So thank you, Haley, for joining us and just, mm. just being a, a brilliant guest. And um, yeah, we really, really appreciate your time, and we, we appreciate you in general. Um, so thank you very much. If you've enjoyed this week's episode or any episodes, uh, please do let us know and get in contact. Um, our Twitter handle is at BlankPod. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook, and it's the exact same. At BlankPod. And we're also on... Oh, should we read some emails out? Did we... Jim, we've had an email. Can you we've... believe it? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. We need, like, a little fanfare sting here or something to... Well, you can do that. Okay, all right, I'll drop it in. Yeah, we've got an email, and it's from Matt Gibbs. Hello, Matt. Thank you so much, Matt. This is quite a moment for us. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Matt is. says, Dear Giles and Jim, I'm so chuffed to have discovered your podcast. I've only listened to two, The Original D Hunter, The Man is a Philosopher. Mm. Listening to the episode, I want to hear him do the All the World's a Stage speech. Mm. And Ian Ranking, whom I discovered when I was living in Papua New Guinea. Mm. On my first humanitarian assignment, I was a volunteer for my first year and some private consultant friends took pity on me and asked me to house sit their amazing apartment while they were away. Black and Blue was sitting on the shelf and I devoured it and have since read his back catalogue. Such a treat to hear him in conversation and how you were all on the same page as Mm. artists. Um, Matt also goes on to say that he has quite a lot of his own moments of blackness and uh, he often uh, finds his mind tessellates when he's out on a bike ride. And Mm. there's some great advice that he was given by his dad and to not beat yourself up uh, for being blank and to just be kind to yourself. That's a lovely email from Matt. Thank you so much for emailing us. We really do appreciate it. Um, yeah. It's nice to get an email, isn't it? Love People to get can... an email. When he first, the first line, I thought that Ian Ranking was in Papua New Guinea. <laughs> Me too. I thought that too. <laughs> I, I thought like, he didn't mention that. He did. That was a whole bit we didn't talk about on the podcast. <laughs> what we missed? I like, oh no, he found the book. Well, okay, that makes more, more sense. <clears throat> um, but yeah, lovely email. Thank you to Matt. He does say that he's taken up a career in acting as well. So mm-hmm. I wish him all the best in that. Um, and I hope that you know this week's episode has given him some. Uh, some advice there because um you know it is a, it is a tough industry but mm. you know i think that is very much in the theme of this pod that he's gone after what he wants to do well um, hey matt you you um let us know when you know when you're you're out there acting and stuff and uh doing a few roles and maybe we'll get you on the pod yeah there you go hey it could turn into a future future guest there we go fantastic so yeah. thank you to matt and um if you'd like to email us we'd love to hear your story where you are how you found the pod or just how you're feeling about life or any advice you can contact us our email address is it's the blank podcast 2018 at gmail.com that's the one good stuff brilliant stuff well listen that brings to the end of this week's pod thank mm. you to Haley for our get being our brilliant guest thank you to everyone that's tweeted us thanks to matt for his email thank you giles for uh, for just being you thank you jim yeah it's been a good one, this one, hasn't it? It has. It? I mean, they all it's been are. a good one. They all They're are. all good. They're all um, good. They're all fun. They are. We're so lucky. Um, right, and we'll be back next week with another episode on the Blank Podcast. But until then, stay safe, be kind to yourself, and we'll see you again soon.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.